0: Boogie hates racism and Chris
1: Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform?
0: If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not gonna
1: say it. That sounds too good. No, it's good, Roll No, on, no, 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 no. If the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to a very special GSPN crossover Bucks podcast. I am Ty Windish. And I am joined by Adam McGee and Jordan Trusky of the Winning Six podcast. I just noticed on the YouTube, their names are switched. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix that from this different setup I'm in, but who knows? Uh, They're guest starring as each other on this episode. They're going to do impressions of each other. Uh, Adam's going to drop out of the call real soon after Jordan starts the Irish accent, I think. But more importantly, we're all joined as Bucks fans and bloggers, podcasters by Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez who have officially re-signed with the Milwaukee Bucks after, I mean, just a sphincter tightening first however many hours of free agency as Chris re-signed pretty quickly, like within an hour or so. Brooke took his time, uh, met with Houston, deliberated. Houston signs Fred Van Vliet. Houston's meeting with Dylan Brooks. Honestly, I kind of think this is all Dylan Brooks' fault. Why did you take a meeting with Los Angeles and not Houston right away? That's not good bag chasing Dylan Brooks. He may get paid anyway. It doesn't matter. I've been very frustrated the last few days, but Adam, Jordan, how's it going?
2: You go first, Adam. Your name's- You go first,
3: Jordan. Come on. Come on.
2: (laughs) I'm doing great. Feeling a lot better than I was last night, this morning. They weren't fun. Uh, This is a lot better. Knowing Brooke is back, knowing that at least- the core of this is very distracting. Anyone who's watched on YouTube will know why he got there in the end. Um, Just like the at least, at least Chris and Brooke are back. I mean, we'll get into all of the terms of it. A lot of money for both guys. It's kind of what happens when you get to this stage of the careers of guys who won championships, who are high end players and you've no real leverage in this. All that actually mattered, though, was get them back, get them back go again because if this had gone wrong and it did start to feel like there was potential for it to go wrong i know you were maybe slightly more optimistic or at least fooling yourself into feeling more optimistic ty about other routes that could go Uh, i think it's kind of done like i Uh, I know you've got Yamas, i know you've got stars but you're by far the worst they have been for a number of years and the route to being a real contender would be tough for an hour.
1: I was looking at what was possible to do. Uh, I wouldn't say I was optimistic. I think i uh, the word I used in our chat was survivable, which again is not – that's not usually a word I think people associate with optimism. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know there were options. There were – a center in Thomas Bryant who ultimately went for the minimum was who we were praying would be available to start for the Bucks if this didn't happen. Went for,
2: Went for the mid-level.
1: No, you tell me for level. the mini mid level five five point four
2: million, yeah.
1: So, you know that would have been available at that price to the Bucks probably as well, but um, you know that's not ideal to say the least. Um, Although they did get Brook Lopez on the biannual, you know that's I think I use the term striking gold to define what that is. Um And getting Brook back was paramount to being competitive this season and and beyond, as you said, Adam. It is just a two year deal. I, I What I would say for what the cost is? Probably market value for Brook Lopez. I think I, I wouldn't say he took a discount. Um, Jakob Pertl and Nikola Vucevic both signed for 20 million annually. I was hoping that would be the number for Brook, but the Rockets were in there. The Rockets were aggressive, and I will say credit to the Bucks for not backing off because again, it just makes you worse right away if you do that. Two years was it 48 million, right? Yes, 24 million a year for Brook, and then Chris done early was three years, 102 million, which is 34 a year. So you know, I think some had hoped that Chris would sign for 25 a year and Brooke for like 15 to 20. they didn't. I mean, we probably just shouldn't have hoped that. I mean, again, I think this is at or below market value for both players. They're both still very good. Brooke finished second in DPOI. Chris had an injury riddled season, but looked like Chris again in the playoffs at least offensively. And I, I think Chris, I mean, his player option was 40. Taking 34 a year is still, I think, I would say, a discount for his services given how good of a wing player he still is. So what really matters, though, I think as you said, Adam, kind of coming in, they have them back. I mean, there's so many – I mean, this is the take we've all seen a million times, right? No, you've got to let those guys walk. you got to get younger and more athletic. Like, okay, great. You let those guys walk. You have the mid-level exception to spend. You can't – you can't bring in two other players for a combined fifty-five million. You can target somebody to make twelve million and then another another vet minimum, right? Like it's it doesn't work that way. I think we would all, you know, oh, can we switch out Chris for Jamal Murray and Brooke for I don't know, I don't know what big you could put in. Yeah, okay, sure, I'll do that. That's that's not how it works. It's not feasible. We want to try and win titles every single year, and the Bucks just weren't gonna be in a good position to do that without Chris and Brooke back on the team. So you know, the big dominoes have fallen. This is what we needed to see. There's certainly some work to be done around the edges, which we'll talk about. There's a lot of work to be done around the edges, but this is what needed to happen. I think we can figure out the other stuff. We can figure out the rest of the rotation, but without Chris and Brooke there in the starting lineup, pillars of your team, then you're in a whole different spot. And also off-court wise, nobody wanted to see Brooke Lopez play for the Rockets, right? Like, Come on. Like, Brooke deserves to play with the honest, be on a great team. Brooke deserves to play as a buck until 11 is up in the re- – well, he has to retire first. But to not play for another team until 11 is up in the rafters, um, I think we at least all on this pod agree with that. So, for that reason also, very glad Chris and Brooke are back. Would have felt dirty seeing them on
3: another team. He's back. Jordan's got a hat. I got the Brooke Lopez splash mountain hat. I'm also wearing next that we got two. Um to your point, there yeah. Adam's Adam got a got jersey Brooke Lopez jersey. We were the going angle, through it.
2: The angle is not wor- working for me to get it in properly, but we were going through it. I was wearing it last night and I was worried it was gonna end up a clip, you know? I was worried look at this sad man crying in his <laughs> Brooke Lopez jersey as Brooke goes to play for Tillman Fortiva. Yeah
3: um we were going through it on our playback stream for the start of free agency where i was trying to keep optimism high i knew i had a feeling chris would be done very soon after after the start of free agency um obviously that showed uh very good deal three years 102 million dollars player option on the third year too um i was very pleased and then as the longer we went on and Looks that signing, and you hear rumblings that, oh, things are hingy on his decision. The Rockets are prepared to offer him more money and all this stuff. And I was like, well, uh, what are we going to do here? So it was not great. I did not go to bed uh, with my head held high on the Brook fronts. And I'm here to say that the Rockets can have a nice season playing for a play-in spot while the Bucks do what they do best. They control what they can control. Bring back your best players because there's no other avenue to replace them and figure out from there. That is, it was, as Adam and I talked about, and Andrew uh, talked about plenty on our stream, they had no other choice. They can figure out things later with, you know, the players within the middle of the roster and the Bobby Pats and Graces of the world with tradable salary and all that stuff. It was all a moot point if they didn't bring back both Chris and Brooke. And as much as we want to get caught up in new names, new faces, all that stuff and, you know, hinge on the hope of, you know, new frames and stuff like that, it it would not have mattered if. Neither one, or if it was one or uh, one of two, or neither would have um, obviously came back to Milwaukee. So, yeah, it's... this is a big day. Um, and obviously, I do. We all will look at that number big. Like, well, that it does take away some of their spending power to lure you know, mid mid level guys and guys that are still out there that could command money and you know, down the line, maybe swing a playoff series or two. But it doesn't matter as much as losing a starter and not really having any other, you know, viable way to replace them in terms of 3C moves.
1: It's a great reminder because I do think every year, because the Bucks have had this core in place for a while now. Every year around these times, you know, X team adds important depth, X team adds like four players. And there's always the Bucks fans, not all, but some who, you know, oh, they're just not going to do anything. These other teams are getting way ahead. And the Bucks need to do more, and I think they will. I mean, they're not done. They're just done with the big two moves. You've got your core four locked back in. I mean, that's like a bigger deal than most people, than most teams can make. Like, there's not many teams who are going to make, if you don't, don't want to call it an addition, but, you know, signing new contracts to Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, you know, those are two great players, and, and retaining them is a huge deal. You know, I, I think we have a, a core of seven right now, the core of four, Grayson, Pat, Bobby on the roster. Plus Marjon and the rookies from this year, you know. They're, I think these I, I think there's going to be a trade. Jordan, you're not as sure. I haven't talked to Adam about this yet. I, I think a trade makes sense. I mean, I think backup point guard is a huge need. There's obviously could use some center depth. We'll see if Myers Leonard ends up being that. Um, the fact that I joked oh. when I said the name probably gives away how I feel about that. I think Jordan's loud groan gives away.
2: There's no, no chance. Well, so how could that possibly happen?
1: I what. I, he was at the press conference. So,
3: so was Ingles. Joe Ingles.
1: I know. I know. Listen, I'm, I, I'm just... Javon there too? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So oh, yeah. actually, you know, there's a greater chance of <laughs> not being here. Yeah, it's, it's,
1: sorry, AJ Green, I guess. Um, <laughs> Javon signed with the Bulls, if anyone is not aware. So Javon got a nice contract. Three years, $20 million, I think. Um, and I think everyone had the same reaction. Sucks to lose him. But, I mean, for a guy who's made... You know, much less than that in his career total. To lock in twenty million dollars is great. Um, I, I don't think, you know, even I as a, uh, a Javon Truther, that was a, a little a little expensive for him. The fact that he could go get that right away from Chicago is nice for Javon. Joe Ingles, two years, twenty-two million in Orlando. Uh, year two is a team option, same as uh, Bruce Brown uh, with with Indy. But still, eleven million dollars year one, great for for Joe Ingles. Uh, to I think kind of be just an adult in the room there as well as a, a good offensive player. It was nice to see uh, the free agents for the Bucks still floating in the ether. You know, the end of bench guys we don't really care about uh, are, are there. AJ Green uh, was tendered as a restricted free agent. So we'll see what happens there. And then Jay Crowder, the one who has been rumored the most to return to the Bucks, is is still a free agent at this point. So he was also linked to Miami. We'll see. They're trying to get Damian Lillard, who requested a trade. It's so funny. Dame requested a trade, and I was like, "Oh man, it's going to be crazy. Who gets him?" I see Ingalls resign, and I'm, I'm freaking out. It's like that's the big news. I mean, I think for Bucks Brooke fans, that's how it should oh, I say? sorry, Brook Lopez it did. Yeah, um,
2: it's my, a fascinating idea. though. Just a player, that would be
1: man. that would be yeah. a really fun player. I mean, that's that is my god. That is. My guy. <laughs> that is <laughs> um. I th- I, we need to make like a meme that's just like Brook Lopez plus Joe Ingles equals Victor Wembanyama. I think <laughs> I don't know if everyone would agree with that math, but um, but yeah, that's the move that's been happening around the league. So as you mentioned, Jordan, the financial flexibility. Unless the Bucks dump some salary, it seems unlikely they will have the mini MLE. I think both because there's so many free agents off the board, and because I would say there's been I think better players than we expected going for vet minimum so far. I mean, Phoenix got a plethora including Yuta Watanabe, uh, and by Guy K. Bates job of, of good vet men guys. I, I do think there's work to be done there, but I would just imagine a trade could be useful because it seems like the whole bench is guys who can only play two through four, and I just think there's such a big need for one and five at the moment. Um, and, you know, there's the bench is the three guys who make the more money, Grace and Pat Bobby, plus like a Marjon, who is a two, three, not a one. So I, I just think it would make some sense to try and spread that out more um, you could always use more wing defense. You could always use a big wing. The Bucks are always chasing that. We'll see what they can do in that department as well. But I, there are some clear needs on the roster. Again, I, not to take away from how momentous it is to keep Chris and Brooke. You had to do that to be as competitive as possible this year. But the work is certainly not done here uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of days here. I'm sure we'll do an updated pod when it seems like they've they've made some more moves. But Adam, you know where are you at right now with – what's left to be done and what you think the bucks should should prioritize or should look to do
2: um i think it's a tough one i think first and foremost the value of these deals doesn't leave them really with a whole lot of room to do anything and i know there's probably some anxiety over that and the idea of the opportunity cost and always people like new and shiny things this was the reality though this was always a real possibility there is not even kind of dream world where you can come in two deals just a little bit cheaper and have have room to go and strike or if that happens earlier but this is what happens i mean these both these guys ended up going to free agency the books could have worked out extensions they could have worked out extensions with the books you want to approach things a different way and maybe you're in position to uh be hot off the mark in the, vi- the minimum market, where clearly there were some guys prepared to go to the right teams for next to nothing. As it comes next, I'm fully in agreement they need a point guard. um, And it's they, they just need people who can create offense. It was the problem last year. It's the problem that's not going to be solved. I think the difference here is if you don't do what you've done to this point with the two main deals, you're not even in the race right now though you're no closer to pushing yourself towards the top of the pile and winning a championship. I don't know how possible it's going to be. We'll see. Um the free agent pool of point guard is dismal. I just that the answer is very likely not to be there. Um I know Jordan you mentioned a few times last night when we were on playback Aaron Holiday still out there. He might be like it in terms the of the one. most realistic players out there, but also someone who might help them and might be excited to go there. I, um, I do
1: wonder if there's any shot the Bulls cut Ao Desumut loose. I mean, they just have so many guards. I, I don't know. It's better to keep the asset. I mean, clearly that would be the strategic answer. They are also a team who does not pay the tax and retained Kobe White and signed Javon Carter. So we'll see. You know, we'll see if they do a Levine deal. Who knows what's going on there? Obviously, if he was available, I, I don't think, again, though, you just don't have the money anymore, and the Bucs can't I, take someone, someone like back Sp- in a sign-in trade.
2: Someone like the Spurs, yeah. surely, if if he got Salveus, is like, okay, well, we'll give a little bit more than the vast majority of teams can at this point, and we'll take a flyer there on a young, good guard. I mean, that's something yeah, to look at Yeah, they've got
1: money sitting around.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that's... That's maybe, if we're talking, what the, the dream scenario is without requiring major moves. I'd love a path to them not having to make a trade because having to make a trade is going to deplete them. Oh, man. You're...
1: R.I.P. On. Big Titty Windish. The Rockets just sent Ty Tai Washington Jr., Usman Garuba, and draft compensation to Atlanta.
2: Was that was that worse? The live call huh
1: I mean, if Ty-Ty if gets released, that's a point guard that's interesting. He hasn't gotten to play at all, but an interesting young point guard. I don't know if they're going to play I, or not. I mean, it's a salary dump if the Rockets are sending picks with them to Atlanta. Who knows what's coming back? That's a weird trade. Sorry. It's exciting when stuff happens live on. I didn't get to do playback. I didn't get to have any of these moments last night. So
2: Ty-Ty Washington sure. is not. He's not in my blood racing. Yeah, I'm well, uh, sh- oh, sorry. <laughs> I know, I know he is
3: for you. I equivalent of exceeding 600 posts or more. I, <laughs> would rather, you know,
2: I I think that to me the most realistic thing that happens here is that they end up having to look to make a trade, and with that you've got three players likely to be traded, and it's Grayson, it's Pat, and it's Bobby. And given the positional needs, I think you end up trading Bobby. Even to do that, you're gonna to have to find a center, you're gonna to have to find some, you have
3: to find a four. Well, Crowder's
1: well that's Crowder's waiting in the wings, it's, literally.
3: It's true, but I know
1: Adam's discussed it. It does feel like we've gotten a lot of I, reporting I on just... that.
2: I mean, I, if let's not dump Bobby to keep Crowder, <laughs> well, <laughs> which, no, I just mean that's
1: no, 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 I, I just mean that's I th- I assume that's the four that would step in,
3: yeah, for them. Eventually.
1: I mean, it's that or like Derek Jones Jr. or something at this
2: point. I'd rather that. Let's do that. Uh, let's... Uh, I mean, seriously, I'd rather... He's more I, athletic. I
1: just, if you want athleticism and dunking, that's, that's your guy.
2: I'd like to see the draft picks get a chance to play. Now, obviously, they're second rounders, they're rookies, and there's... An element of that is a complete unknown. I think that you're in such a corner, though, with what you can do financially that you're going to have to kind of trust in that. That's going to be a key part of Adrian Griffin's job and how we appraise him is, can you get even one of those guys to be a playable part of your playoff rotation? Marjan obviously has the head start on that front. Yeah. Um, but but just that, like, because in a situation like that, well, then maybe you, someone like Pat ends up playing some four, as we have seen before, and you use you, you smaller lineups. Like, they have they have ways they can work around that with the kind of two to four bench crew of players that they have as you pointed out
1: i, I do I, agree I, like you've traded one of the three vet guys for a more a positional fit and then you just slot in probably andre jackson i wouldn't slot in chris livingston to play a rotation right i think he's too raw yeah, but you slot in MarJon, MarJon, and andre jackson and just say there's minute here's the minutes like you actually have the role like where it's not just when someone's hurt and you know if by february 9th or whenever the trade deadline is you guys are holding it down then it's your job and if not then we're going to go, you know, there's always a wing available at the deadline as we've seen literally every year. Um, But I do agree, like that that idea makes a lot of sense. Like, can you turn a Bobby or even a Grayson into a a good backup point guard, like someone you really trust? Is Tyus Jones still available? I mean, the Wizards went and got a much more expensive and younger point guard soon after getting him. Obviously, DeLon Wright is there too. I mean, I, I would need something back if I'm sending Bobby or Grayson for DeLon Wright. I mean, that's no offense to him, but he's just fine he's not like that that's the issue that's why you know when Monty Morris was like given away it's like yeah the Bucs could maybe get on that but I think Washington explicitly didn't want to take a contract back and that's why it's it's so cheap because you know Detroit didn't have to send any money back the Bucs can't do that right now unfortunately so that's why just it's a little tricky to find the right fit because it can't just really be like a replacement level player because then you have to send out a good rotational player to get them so it's a little complicated
2: I do think part of that, though, we may see the books kind of lose a trade in a vacuum if it creates space for them to do something else. That's something else. Maybe Jay Crowder. I won't be crazy about that at all. But we may see some kind of puzzle work where if the books are to justify it and if any of us end up trying to it'll be, oh, well, this is really what they got in the net on that as opposed to what it looks like. That still doesn't feel great, but this is just the the place they're in. I mean, for me... I think a good, solid backup guard and preferably even a point guard is a must. Someone who could even potentially slot in place a minutes where Drew is playing to two and someone who is of a caliber that they could play in the playoffs. Those guys aren't easy to find. Uh, Monte Morris would have been a really, really nice option for that. I saw some Pistol fans being like, he could move again. I, like. He might not be someone that the Pistons are just like... Troy Weaver oh,
1: would be all over Bobby Portis. That's a two in oh. their system.
2: <laughs> I mean, the other thing, though, then, is I would like either or both of a real center as a backup because it's been something that we've wanted for quite some time. And if you don't do it in season, you end up with Myers Leonard. Or before the season, you end up with Myers Leonard in season. Um, And the other is, like, Jay Crowder is just not the profile of four that I'm looking for in the way that Bobby isn't either, because I would like someone that they are a 4-5 in a real way, in the way that Bobby hasn't been. And Crowder is not a 4-5. He's a four who is... Grant
1: Williams, is, kind of.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be him no. very easily. But that's, that is the kind of type which just as a utility option that gives you... A plan B or possibly a plan A as the season goes on, which is an entirely different look.
1: Darius Arch.
2: Um ah oh, just that's like Bobby though. There's just not a whole lot there defensively. Yeah. Not, yeah. I, I, I don't see the point in doing it for that. I like Darius Arch as a player. Oh I yeah. Like I mean, if, if, if he
1: wants to sign for Vetman, I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna argue. He's still floating out there. Everyone for said sure. he's going to the Warriors. We'll see. They haven't done it yet.
2: But that's, that's kind of when it comes to building it out, that's where I'd be at. It's like, I think yeah. they do need, they need a big and they need a guard. If they're keeping Bobby, it's definitely a traditional big. They need like a Jock Landale would be great. If my, guy,
0: come, my guy, my guy biz.
1: Sign
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. You got those Google Alerts on? Uh,
1: With Twitter down no, in particular. I, I mean, I did. Was, I don't know. If, I turned on. This is, I said I'm a sicko for this. I turned on Woj story and post notifications on IG. So the, those graphics we were laughing about, he does those damn graphics. He, posts them, all, he posts them all on Insta. So I still have my, my way in in case Twitter really goes down. I hit my rate limit in four minutes of being on the app. So now I can't view new tweets, but I can still see notifications. But I have the IG as backup. So I won't miss the next Ty tai Washington deal no matter what. I'll be locked in.
2: <laughs> Great. That's good <laughs> for you.
3: God. Oh. <laughs> uh.
2: Jordan. Jordan,
3: yeah. Sorry, Bucks are at eight players. I know. I just kind of had a break for right there. Um, eight players under contract after the Brook and Chris signing. You still have Bird rights on Jay, The Nassas. Oh yeah, um, Wes. Wes, who S- I would still say there. he's going to be, you know, retired or anything like that. Yeah. Myers Leonard, Jordan
1: yep. Dragic, um, the rookies. I think rookies, I so assume that, the two rookies. I mean, that would be 10 on very small deals if they 10. sign.
4: So uh, four
3: away. I know you can't see this type of Mo Wagner is going back to the magic on a two-year $16 million deal, according to Woosh.
1: Oh, I can see it now. That makes – I mean, oh, okay. his brother His brother is like their quasi-franchise player. Of course he is.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a one in a five. And for me, like, when we're talking about consolidating pieces or moving around pieces, like, I don't know. My my thinking was as precarious as it did get with Brooke and everything like that, is are they just gonna go into the season with a new head coach, new coaches staff, and all that, and then assess where they move forward from here with new system and all that stuff in place and then make moves? Or do they do that in the off season and try to see, you know, kind of fit your needs around that in terms of the players that are again very tradable and Find depth pieces and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know what, what it, better timing is that for to do that when again, it's kind of you know, the deck changes. Does that does anything else really change along with it? I don't know, but they might
2: Jordan they might also just be very conservative on that front because they made the most significant move they could possibly make this offseason before I knew to start and that's changing your head coach. And maybe part of the reason for that is with the knowledge of, look, we can't be a player in a free agency. If we're going to be a player in trade, it's going to be tough, and we're probably going to have to part with some talent just to kind of get a better balance. Like, this is, again, where I'm in a spot, and I'm kind of like, if it's young guys on that means and they're the gambles, it's like, that that's not exciting. That's not something that we're all going to feel great about. But it's always just been the reality, I <laughs> think, Jordan and I have been beating this drum and it's not one people want to listen to for years. The team is going to get worse and worse kind of year to year. And more than anything, like the new CBA is now trying to build that in, that it is impossible, particularly if you've spent your assets and you haven't had them all just kind of land in the way you need to to keep this thing on the road, on the road, on the road. The view of the books might have to be, you know what? Your four best players are right up there as good as the top four you're going to see on any team anywhere else in the league and it's their job year in or year out to put themselves in a position where it's like we're there thereabouts and it's like okay is this our year can we get hot at the right time can we crack something can we find something developmentally that's going to unlock things in a new way but i am also somewhat prepared for we may not get the kind of moves that are going to set our hearts a race and make us feel like, oh, well, that's the new exciting thing that puts the books back to the kind of position we've used to them being in recent years. They could be the team that we come into seasons now and we're like, you know what? They're not as deep as they used to be. They're older. Maybe this is a three or a four seed, but they're about as dangerous as that's going to be. Like that that could end up being the reality if they just don't get the kind of depth we've been used to. I don't think that has to be panic, a cause for panic if Adrian Griffin is the guy the books want them to be and he can innovate and he can develop the young players because that is really what like the longevity and the ceiling of the team's success is always was always going to hinge on at this point. And I, I feel like we're right there. Maybe there's a couple of rabbits he pulled out of the hat, but it is still going to rely on, okay, what can you unlock Adrian Griffin? What's the next level that a new coach can, if they can, Uh, bring to the table and where does that lead them developmentally
1: and can terry cook terry's got to cook man
2: that too um
1: and uh, and just to piggyback uh, as i've been saying for like over a year now i think the big swing for like a new star level player always made sense to be 24 i mean they they were in on beal because the price was just so low how could you not be but generally if you have one future first to trade you're just not going to be a huge player in in that kind of circumstance i mean you know, the Dame thing is happening. They're, they're not going to be – they just don't have – they don't have the stuff. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, Miami has three firsts. Brooklyn has a bunch of firsts. But um, Milwaukee just doesn't have that right now. They will have three technical total firsts to trade at the 24 draft if they're below the second apron. So I would expect that to be a priority for the Bucks, uh moving forward, which it makes sense for a lot of reasons. We'll see how they're able to do that or if they're able to do that. Um, as for this year, Mo Bamba? On a vet man,
2: is he going to be a vet man player?
1: I think so. Yes. Where's the money? I mean, it's a centers. I mean, there's the top. The top centers got paid pretty well. I think the rest of the centers. He's he's kind of
3: in the Cam's Cam reddish scenario lottery pick that hasn't really has gotten it. Well, in Baba's case, two places. He's had. He's lost his minutes in both. He's lost his minutes in
1: both entirely.
3: And it's like he's a reclamation project. It, yeah. It's an exciting, draft that's an exciting guy. Vet
1: men to bring in if they can.
2: Yeah. Look, I, as, a, I, as a backup, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about it, as if Brooke leaves, do they have to go? No, that's horrible. That's,
1: that's horrible. that's horrible. Yeah, so
2: dark. It's yeah. so grim. And thankfully, we're not there. As a backup, I'm not opposed to it if that's what he is. I, I think I'd prefer Landau. Yeah, I, and the upside isn't as high there. If you were to miraculously work it out, he's played
1: on better teams though, and, and had a role. He
2: has, and I think he's just kind of he's solid and the kind of guy who could just stick around and be useful all season, which is.
1: And we are we are short of the Australian quota right now. The Bucks have pretty I'm... consistently had won the last several years, and we need those won. downloads. Yeah, yeah, we do, Jock. Please help us out here at the Eurostep Podcast Network. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's still some okay options. The guard is then. I, I think Pat Bev going to the Sixers on the vet man stunk. I mean, that would have been a pretty nice stopgap. Obviously, he's not someone who is going to be part of your future. Um, I did want to ask you guys something. Just what came through? Oh, it's uh, just Lamelo. Didn't this happen already?
3: I think it was just Woj having. Come
1: on, Woj. you got? Oh, I got a new graphic. Whatever, Woj. Um, do you guys think they're sniffing on Harden at all? It hasn't been reported that they are.
3: I'm sure they have made a call. Notes. Yeah,
1: because you can I I, you can get there in salary without any of the core four, just barely. I don't know why Philly would want that.
2: Yeah, I just yeah, that's the I part of it. It's is. like
1: yeah. I mean, if the offers are just bad and the Bucks willing to throw in a first, I guess. I also don't think they would want to send him to Milwaukee. I think you'd rather send him west.
2: I just think this is even when people like hypothetically get excited about oh, Dame Lillard's available. And I with Dame I actually get people's excitement because he's a guy for years. You've always been like, oh, yeah, Would, wouldn't he be perfect with Giannis? So he said, finally, he said Giannis
1: is the player he wants to play with the most. He did.
2: So finally, he's available. I get why Bucks fans he are like, a oh, lot of things
3: recently. can they make yeah. that
2: work? What can, what can they do? And even in putting deals together, it's like you could throw in players. and It's like, oh, well, he couldn't put Drew Holiday in a deal. It's like, yeah, but that's probably part of the appeal to the Blazers because the Blazers don't want an older player who is good coming back. It doesn't work for them on any level. An older guy making significant Ooh. money who's going to make them better on the court. That's, and I'll
3: tell you, blocks developmental minutes from Scoot, from Anthony Simons, who to... Yeah, well, but, basically but, we're uh, all like, of there. Hero does that, too.
1: I think it comes down to the draft picks because I think, you know, you look at Minnesota, right? Uh, I'll do the Windhorse fingers. Team was just signed to center to a big deal. On the low post, he threw out that he thought the Drew for Cat trade was really interesting, and he and his guests said, "Milwaukee says no first. If that's a three-teamer where Cat goes to Portland, Drew goes to Minnesota, that's more interesting. I just don't think it's interesting enough. Like Miami just has more stuff, and his list is Miami and Brooklyn, or just Miami, I guess. So I don't think it's I don't think it's happening. To be clear, but that would have to be. I mean, you're not sending Drew to Portland, clearly. Like that's not something that interests them at all. That that's not what they want to do. I think they made it pretty clear. They don't really have a two-timeline thing outside of paying Jeremy Grant all that money and then not taking it back because they must feel bad about it or something, which good for Jeremy Grant. I mean, it's not an insane contract. Still, it is a Tobias Harris-level contract, though.
2: I know how things have progressed with Kat, and the conversation is very different to where it was at two years ago. I still don't think Drew for Kat sounds right for the Timberwolves. Yeah. And even in that kind of fantasy world, to get them involved in that kind of deal, I think they're the team who's going to need something else then. And then Portland, they're probably going to need something else. And the books just
1: don't have enough other the stuff to facilitate yeah. all See, that's of those the teams. If, that, if, you, if you had Drew in three first, then maybe you make that you can, happen. You can
2: make that happen yeah. 100%, but, but they, you don't.
1: They will have those things next year. So that's, again, why I think something similar like this comes up in 24. I think they're going to be a real player more than outside of Beal, which, of course, was you know here's all our second-round picks and pick swaps. That's all we have. Because you have no leverage. That's why they think they were, and that's why I ask about Harden too, because it does sound like Philly is not seeing much offer. And as much as we all make fun of James Harden, I mean, if you could get him without giving up a core four player, uh, it's clearly your best starting lineup we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, that's for like sure. you can. If you want to say he's the fifth best player in that group, I think you're wrong. But fine, okay, that's that's good. I think he's better What's than also, Jason Allen. Hot take by me. The-
2: if the fifth best player, and the thing we're talking about is like sometimes the offense, you know, bugs down. You need yeah. someone who can just create stuff. You know, James Harden could do that. It might, yeah. it might be a lot of free throws. We might like watching it, but you know, with the, with the rest of those players, that could be a good team. I mean, we've all also seen the Harden film before. Yeah. I, I think we're like, I don't even I think this I is know. the realm of what they'll be sniffing around. I, I literally,
1: just, I just wanted to see if. Oh, I, th- I think they will sniff around it. I don't think they'll get it done, but uh, it Low keeps saying they're being aggressive. Like, I do think they're looking. Earlier than next year for a big swing. I mean, they were they tried hard on Beal, like that's that that would have involved Drew. I'm not reporting, but salary wise, it pretty much had to. You know, I, I think they'll sniff around it. I, I just don't think they'll get it done. Nor probably should they if they have to give up. I mean, I don't know. I guess three role players and a first for James Harden is not not a huge overpay. But I don't think it'll happen. You're right. We're spending too much time on it. But I do think. I think we are. We're not. It's not just because I think it's fun. Like I do think they're looking at. You stuff do like
2: think this. it's fun though. You've got fun. like free agency trade fever. This is like, this is the most <laughs> well, high windish well, time of the year. This the whole. Look look at the live league.
1: live I mean, come on. I'm at a. I'm at a luncheon and Dame Lloyd requests a trade. <laughs> I'm talking to a uncles luncheon. about this. I'm at a luncheon.
2: Not just a lunch. A luncheon.
1: Yeah. It's nice. Wow. Big time yeah. tie. Oh, well, something like that. Do we have anything else to talk about?
2: Um just got back. Yeah. I mean I mean we we can talk a little bit more about that. Like I think the from Brooks' perspective, I think it's incredible that he's making twenty-four million per year at this point in his career, particularly when you look at the ups and downs of that. So I think that's really interesting. And he you know what? He's earned it. Like it's as simple as he played his way into that contract last season. He came back from an injury that really could have killed off any chance of another big payday hypothetically, it could have ended his career. You know, if things don't go well, coming back for that back injury, that could be it. And he's at an age where and no one would have been stunned or have been like, oh, you know, cut down his prime. He's so, so young still. But to work back from that place, some of the best basketball, if not the best kind of all around basketball of his career. I think clearly Certainly the best, best and new version of Brooke Lopez, the more complete version of Brooke Lopez has ever played. Like he he is my favorite player, he is my favorite books player of all time, and it's it's not even close. I would have been devastated if they've lost him, but I am. I also kind of think, tip my hat to him. And this is always the tough part of this: we support all these players, we want the best for them. It's like, yeah, then they go and get paid, and life gets tougher for the team. It's such a weird dynamic that's at play. Beyond that, for Brooke, though, I mean, a two-year deal. It's going to get to a point gonna be very close, right? In his career as to where he spent more time. He'll be a year more, I think with the Nets, like it'll almost be a pretty even split in his career, which I think at this point, as much as he is the all time lady point score <laughs> for the Nets, as oh, we all know, he'll be remembered as a le-
1: buck for sure.
2: His legacy is firmly with yeah. the books. And I think in a wider basketball sense, that's, that's what this deal also secures.
3: Yeah, I, 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 we were talking about last night, but like, and not to keep repeating myself, but he's the second best setter in franchise history. You only have to look at what the setter position was before that, and what it probably would be like. After. What
2: it would have been. What it would have um, been if yeah, we were there today. Exactly.
3: Um, to wonder what, how massive a loss that is, and yeah, is it a little bit pricier than what you would like? Would you would have wanted, you know. The mini MLE to get a better player for agency at that you know caliber, of course. But like, it's it's all about the big pieces. You figure out the little stuff first, like the core starters, the core four, and keeping that together. And honestly, too, like from Adrian Griffin's perspective, if you're not giving him the the biggest weapons or the best roster that he can work with, as he's a first time head coach and trying to get things organized with how he wants to play and everything like that, like, you're just hamstringing yourself even further. Like, that, that's where the domino effect of, obviously, not to keep, you know, overlooking Chris because that's as crucial to this, uh, you know, whole scenario too. But both Chris and Brooks, specifically Brooks, given just where we are at in terms of, you know, center of the future and center of the present and everything like that, it just I, I I don't know how they would have functioned or like what other avenues they would have looked at in terms of like it would have had to have been trades and then you're kind of just you know eating further into the into the uh picture that you
2: you know painted. So it's swapping like, some of your only good players for what becomes a must then. And yeah, it's like, like if we- I
3: mean look at the the Raptors, it's it's not exactly a like for like <laughs> scenario, but you have a I think agent. it's pretty close. It's a, yeah, it's it's close, but like, just to lose someone for nothing, nothing. Well, and
1: and well, I think that what what completes the scenario and shows you what 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 the Bucks' life would have been like is they try real hard to keep Van Vliet. He gets three years, one hundred and thirty million, like it, an insane. I mean, shout out to Fred Van Vliet, uh and CEO Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, as he's now referred to in every tweet. Um, and then they have to sign Dennis Schroeder. To the mid-level exception, like that's that that, that's that's it. That's, that that's what it would have been Obama, like.
3: Jack Landale, Thomas or Bryant.
1: You know, Thomas, Thomas Bryant, who's twenty-two million dollars. Like, you know, a nice player to have, but we looked at him as like a, a piece behind Brook, not not the the replacement. Like the Raptors are clearly worse. I think they're clearly going to not have a good season because. Van Vliet oh, so terrible. much of their offense, and now you're sliding in Schroeder, who is like a drifter who shows up in March and helps the Lakers every year. That's going to be their starting point guard if they maybe they won't start him. Whatever. Um, that I mean, I think you look at. We talked mostly about Brooke because that's the more recent one. I think for a team with a superstar such as Giannis, who obviously he is, I don't think there is any like. Uh, the the Brooks' importance on defense and Chris's important on por- importance on offense cannot be understated. Like I think, literally, for them to be able to function in a playoff series, much less the regular season, defensively, they need Brooke, even if he doesn't close games or play all the, you know, they need him. He's vital to what they do. Ask Giannis about it if you're not sure. And offensively, they need Chris because when we've seen them win four series, Chris was the one starting that playoff offense. So I think. You know, you can't just like, all right, we'll let one of them go and now we've got PJ Washington. Like, no, like you're you're not you're not gonna have the offense or you're not gonna have the defense. So they need to figure out ways that, you know, maybe some younger players over the next two years here can slot in and take on some of that. Obviously gonna be a very difficult ask, but you don't have to figure it out right now because these guys can still play and they've shown that. So being able to keep them is vital to what the Bucks do on both ends. And I, I think there's just no way to imagine them being good enough defensively without Brooke, offensively without Chris. So getting both of them back for the next two years at least uh, is a huge deal with Giannis, you know, in his late 20s at this point. It's just not the time to take a step back and, you know, sign up 24-year-old who's not nearly as good and hope you can get better, you know, next year with some cap space. Like, that's just not how serious teams operate. It just doesn't get the job done. You know that what the what the job that that gets done is Giannis going to play in Dallas or Sanit whatever else. You know that that's what happens when you try and sell this. Oh, we'll be better in a year and a half. Just trust us and don't worry about your age twenty eight season, Giannis. Like that's not that's not a message you can send to him and survive as a franchise that is going to be a, a real contender.
2: Yeah, and I think there's also like you talk about you've got a hope for the young players to be able to pick up some of that in two years. You do and you don't. I think the thing that we need to talk about here uh, in both a best case and also the worst case scenarios like and they're not too distant future is the books have done a great job and they've been helped out. They might have been helped out in value, but they certainly were on the years by Chris and by Brooke. Um, The fact that basically, you know, everyone can be off the cap sheet when Giannis is a free agent. So we can look at that whatever way we want in the worst case scenario. Where the books are going to have to really be starting from scratch and starting from scratch without any assets. Well, you know what? They could start from scratch with as much cap space as they want. They can build the type of team they they want, and if they're going to be bad, well, they'll have control over the shape of that for a number of years. And you
1: can, I mean, if in, in the worst case, and we're seeing teams do this, that's when you can eat those contracts, get draft and get picks. Some picks. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. you know, it's not what any of us want to talk about in detail, but there is a, at least there's a pathway versus you know, just being cooked with no cap space, no draft picks, et cetera.
2: Well, let me flip that too, because the other side of this is, and it's, it could end up being a best case. It could end up just being what has to be the reality. It's not really what we're thinking about. And the books will probably try to do all they can to kind of extend this piece by piece and moment by moment, even within the next two years, let's say the next two years go pretty well. The books just fall short two years from now, and Giannis is in a place where he's like, "No, this is my franchise. I want to retire here." But we've got to change everything around me. The books could just have all the cap space they want to go and be like, "Okay, Giannis is still the guy who wants to come play with him," and and that's not a place that they've ever had the fortune to operate from. And you know what? That may well be a long shot. They might get to that place, and he might be like, "You know, it's time to, to go elsewhere." But I think even just The fact that we're not banking on, oh, well, there's like these four pretty significant contracts that are taking you past that point. It is something that when it gets to that point and Giannis is weighing things up and there's conversations going on with the franchise, they have more options than they had because they can say, look, we can try to build a new team like we may not have the assets to do that. But if this is the place you want and you're going to be here, we will have a free agency we will be able to look and try and make trades, and we will have cap space to work at in your time with the franchise if you want that to can, be the case. Can, can they, we may never see it, but it's can nice they ask him
1: like, can we make some friends who aren't playing in in Greece right now, Giannis? Could we? Yeah, could you help us out a, good a little? Idea. Could you help us out more than the Kaladzakis twins and and people you're related to? I mean, we could just you know, M- Mikhail Bridges. Do you want to go have a lunch a luncheon with him? Go to a luncheon with him. I don't know who's going to be a free agent around that time, but you know, make make some more pals and maybe less soccer maybe players? we start
2: looking though. Like it's the kind of thing we'll probably become a little bit more aware of. Maybe we're oh, we going to be one of those
1: obnoxious, like oh oh, <laughs> you may not doing we may the, well.
2: I I hope not because I hope that we're going to have I hope Marjan two great is. Years yeah, where the focus is on. Well, and that's the part of it too. Like if Marjan's great, well, you've got Marjan, and you're building with that, and you could also have cap space because you will realistically be the end of brooks career yeah. you're going to be very very close if not at the end of chris's career you know drew drew, drew himself has talked about yeah that as being kind it's of his timeline for retirement yeah. so if all goes well we get two more great years with the most important players who helped deliver a championship to milwaukee and from there maybe Ana uh, sticks around, maybe there's a new team that they can actually have the chance to build around them. And I do, like, I know no one likes to talk about that, or to talk about if it ends up being the teardown side. I think that is a small positive, it's one we'll push to the back of our minds, but to come out of these deals. Yeah. Uh, because even Chris has a player option, but yeah, it's yeah he's not going to be that
1: much money in that cap. I mean, that's going to be like uh, the high thirties in, in that cap. For his
2: age, it might be, but you know but, what? But if I mean, in, I mean overall, the opt-in. It's a tear down. You can you can probably just trade him what, on anyway. You'll I, find someone who will want him for I, one year.
1: If if nobody else is still around, it's just like rookies. You're going to have like a hundred million plus in cap space. Yeah, I that's mean the fine cap in is going to too. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. not. He's not going to. He's not going to clog you up there. Uh, and obviously, we hope that you might take off sixty or seventy for Giannis by then. But, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I did just see that it looks like a Dame to Miami deal would need a third team. Also Yeah, we'll see what goes on there. Um, doesn't make sense. Can I mean, we,
3: why? be why Houston's doing what they're doing.
1: So, I mean, it's got to be somebody to take Hero because I just imagine, you know, why? Why does Portland with Scoot and Simons if they keep him? Whatever a, story team for team. a different time. I, I do think one last note um, on where the Bucks are at, just generally relative to the league. It it is what they're looking for is parity, and I do think like you got the core four and and some good rotation players already around them with some more money to spend a little bit but st- some some trades you could make they'll have a puncher's chance at at worst and uh, there's no I think Denver's still really good I think Phoenix did as well as they could in free agency it's still like a bunch of ninth men around their three creators and Ayton, who they clearly hate and will try to trade again. And there's so many things that could go wrong with that team. And I'm like, I don't think even if they're healthy, they're an overwhelming favorite in the West or in the league. Denver's really good. They lost Bruce Brown. They're still going to be really good. But, you know, Philly is in a, a huge transitional point. Boston just traded the heart and soul of their team and their best passer for Kristaps Porzingis. So I, I do think, I mean, they're going to be, the Bucks are going to have a, chance, a shot to win each of these next two years. We'll see what happens. Obviously, you got to play all the games. But I think you look at Golden State and – I think they were in a position kind of like the Bucks, where everyone kind of thought they were cooked and it would take a while for the second timeline. And, you know, they won their title. Those second timeline guys didn't play. You know, they found guys around the margins and their core played well and they won. And they're going to keep trying to do that. Clearly, they're bringing back Draymond. So um, I don't think it's doom and gloom that they can't make this big swing around these core guys because there's still moves to be made. And we've just seen like that experience, that clicking. You run into the right bracket. And you can still win a title, so I feel pretty good overall after a very shaky start about where the Bucks are at. Even if there's not that you know new player shine that people get so excited about, um, just go watch more Andre Jackson clip. We're all excited about Andre Jackson Jr. He's still here. We'll watch some more of those clips, and we'll see what vet men's they bring in. But I don't think this is a place where it's like, oh, they're stuck, and they they certainly can't win this year. Now, I mean, that I don't know how you guys feel, but I certainly think they're going to have a chance to win. Every year they have Giannis and this collection of players around him. And, you know, they're not the deepest team in the league, but they still have enough depth, I think, to win when you look at what other teams go into the playoffs with.
2: They will be there and in with a chance. And that's all that matters because we've seen this. Especially like on paper, against. on paper last year was the deepest roster they had.
3: Yeah,
2: And even if matter. you want to go, go back to previous iterations, like the year they traded for Nikola Mirotic, roster was really deep. You know, the roster had no depth, that's when they won a championship. And part of that is just one of those years it's going to break for you. One of those years, it's not or more. Most of those years, it's not. If you give yourself a chance, it could pan out one way or another. And then there's all the other variables will factor into them with these guys getting older. They may well rear their heads, but they've got a chance. I mean, when I think of how anxious we were about this last night. I can't imagine how Adrian Griffin was feeling because... Obviously, you've still got Giannis. You're coaching that, but you take this as your first job, and then it's staring. It's like, oh my god, if we lose Brook Lopez, like I'm the guy who's taking this team backwards, and it's not a rebuild. Like there's no easy wins of, oh look what he's doing out of nothing. It's still Giannis's team. You're dealing with the pressure for the next two years of trying to keep him, and it's kind of the deck stacked against you. Like if Brook had signed for you today, Mike Budenholzer'd probably be looking on somewhere, being like well, that worked out great. I'm glad I got out of there when I did. So I think from the point of view of that big decision, that move and setting things up so that it's even relevant, this is what had to happen. And now it's like, okay, it's over to you, Adrian Griffin. What can you do with this? What can you do with what else is there? And he's going to have to work some magic around the fringes and that right They're going to have to get more out of what the current core of experienced players we're doing, but again, they're going to have to find something from Marjan, from this year's draft picks, and from any kind of young veteran flyers we may see. Next veteran
3: guys, yeah. Yeah. The thing too, not and kind of a side yeah. note, but his job is not done by any means. But if there's one one of the few constants that biggest constants that John Horse has done over his six years of being Bucks GM. He's retained the best players in the franchise's history of the last many years and certainly of the franchise's entire history. So bringing back Brooke, not once, but twice, bringing back Chris, not once, but twice, obviously reciting Giannis, getting Drew to extend you know months after making the big deal for him, Bobby, it goes on and on and on of like, he's, One of his signature marks has been bringing those players back on multiple deals, even as the pay uh, gets a little bit higher, the tax bill grows infinitely higher. You know, he's only doing his job and he serves, you know, the people above him and all that stuff. But this is what you have to do. It's a hard job to keep this thing going and try to keep things fresh. And you want to keep this going on for decades and, you know, serve Giannis's time well because he is what makes everything. You know work in the first place, but that's where having a guy like John Horse who has done the job as well as he can in the position that he's you know carved out for himself, you got to tip your hat to him. I will tip this one wherever I could find it. I lost it already. <laughs> Never mind. I, I
2: promise I'm I'm not taking your John Horse bait on this occasion. We won't too long. I'm just saying, him- by another hour, by going into that. But what I will say is that. The one of those he deserves most credit for, the toughest, has been Brook Lopez twice. Yeah. Um, I I think a lot of those take care of themselves. Like, even Giannis, like, yeah, he's got to do all the things to keep the books competitive. But ultimately, I don't think we should feel ourselves beyond a lot of that just comes down to Giannis, where he wanted to play, Uh, where he felt good. No, I'm I'm not saying that's all it is. But Giannis... The amount of money he was offered was not up for debate. Like it's just that's it. It's well there. no,
1: but it's not it's not about free agency for a guy like Jan. I mean, look at there's a guy in Portland who really, really wanted to play in Portland for a long time and is not yeah, gonna be playing there. I mean it's I,
2: I know that, but part of that is the Bucks have won a championship and how in part they have done that is for example, you get Brook Lopez first time around on the biennial exception from the Lakers. That's great. Then he has a year where he completely reinvents himself and makes himself really in demand, then you've got a problem. <laughs> like yeah. you've, you've created your own problem and you've got to keep him then. And we've gone through that again, even though with the injury, there'd yeah. be more ups and downs. It timed in the way where, again, it came to the point where the books didn't have the flexibility. That is, that is the player and that is the deal where twice now, I feel like it's like, I, I don't want to take away from keeping Giannis or keeping Chris or, you know, getting Drew to extend. But I, I do think it's easier with that, Top tier of players, Brooke coming in at the salary level he came in at, and then the evolution we've seen of him since, and the timing of when he's always seemed to come up for free agency and it being but just that's... he is a career year and the Bucs are in a toughish spot. Like that, that is the one where I will really, it's the most crucial business he's done with signing Brooke, keeping him that gets you to a championship, and whatever this is, is going to be, bringing him back once more. And it's what makes the sell for all of those other guys easier too. You know, it, that's what makes it easier for Giannis to decide to resign when he did. So B- Brook has always felt like the biggest variable in some ways, the one that became most important, in you know, a like an abstract sense where we started talking about him being like the anchor for the defense quite a while ago. He was, ne- he was never the guy who outside of Milwaukee was on the top of anyone's, the tip of anyone's tongue. But there's a reason why last night when it starts to feel like oh this could be it, like. If there's a reason why the dread is so great and we can't fathom oh well they can't just pick anyone up even if they've got the mid-level they're not just going to find someone to do that like that is brooke lopez is to me if you want to make the real legacy case what john horse has done it's like it's signing Brook lopez it's keeping brooke lopez it's keeping brooke lopez I, I think they might be right up there like in his top five most important books moves those three might be in the top
3: five and I think too, again, to your point, it's you s- how he got him in the first place with using a biannual exception, a one-year three, whatever three point three million dollar exception, to then re-signing him for four years, fifty-two million dollars. When the center, how we were viewing centers at the time, was like that's a little too rich for uh, for our blood. It's a lot of money. It's it's not going to age well. And now it's like we're back. Center is as important as it's, was before you know this kind of, I guess, fugue state that everybody got into <laughs> that we're going smaller and smaller and smaller. It's like, nope. No, we aren't. Yeah. Think think gonna... of
2: that. Four years later, Brook got only $4 million less. <laughs> for two years. For, for two years. years than he got for the four years, and he's now 35.
1: Yeah. yeah. Post-backs. I, I will say one Wild. thing, one thing that, that probably impeded the bucks on that is the over 38 rule, which I, I totally forgot yeah. about last pod. They couldn't have just given him like five for a hundred or whatever. It, it gets very complicated and messy. So um, that that's another reason the deal may be short. It is shorter as well as, you know, two years from now being able to open things up. Real quick before we go out, just want to everyone name your favorite remaining free agent you'd like to see the Bucks sign for vetmin. Let's see if any of us call these right. I'll start because I brought it up. I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit here. Give me Frank Aquina could you use another guard who can defend? And everyone's grimacing. I I am high on him, I think in the
2: right situation. I, I really I've always really liked him. He just has proven not to be it.
1: I don't know. Frankie Smokes.
2: Give me Jock
4: Landau. Um,
1: I figured let's... you'd go Jock. Young Jock. This is so depressing. Jordan.
3: I'm sorry, I just I, I'm looking at names and
1: I'm just like I'll, I'll speak for Rohan, uh Russell Westbrook.
2: He's
3: still out there. I mean I mean he's, I I mean, there.
1: he's more talented I, I than most of the names on the list, that's for sure.
2: See I, yeah. I have had that in the back of my head and I have wanted to bring it up. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> I would not hate it. That's I mean like maybe that is you want again, talent? we're past you want the point of like ideal scenarios. You want someone who could give you offense. I mean, I find it really tough to say that and not feel ill, but I mean, it's kind of this is where they're at, and you've yeah. got to do some of these things, and maybe one time it works out. I don't know. Also,
3: Westbrook's thirty-five years old. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I know he's played for a long time, but
2: I mean,
1: listen, yeah. I said Frankie smokes like. Russell Westbrook is an unbelievably better basketball player than Frank. Nimick, I would you know? love I mean... to see
3: him rebound and just be <laughs> yeah. like a Tasmanian devil. Yeah, I, I, you know what? If he's if he's for Ben, that's my guy. We don't know uh, what he's he...
1: for. I mean, he's floating around the league a bit. Uh, no one signed him.
3: He might just he might just be like, or he a
2: contender. Which, sure. He, uh, I don't feel like. I don't feel he's like there either, yet. But no, never know. The guy is an insane competitor. I mean, that's, so it's that's a, the a thing truly that great David.
1: person too. Off the court. Off the court. He doesn't love media, but it's his charity work. And what he, he does doesn't
2: love media, is a kind way of saying he he's, hates media. He's going to fit in well then. <laughs> I feel like I've got no comment. Hey, I've been right. almost afraid. It's been in my brain. I'm like, no, Rohan kind of me they knew could it, just.
1: On one love. of our pants. Yeah. yeah.
3: Riffin did coach him too. There's a tie there.
2: That's right.
1: Where?
3: O-K-C.
1: OKC. Oh, I forgot Griffin was there
3: for that. Huh? Yeah. B- b- Billy D. I mean, listen. Was that the, the, was that the could... triple-double season? Yes. I think that was the first post-KD.
2: or The
1: first post-KD,
2: I think, yeah, was, or the second went, post-KD?
3: Griffin went to Orlando with Sky See, he was, Sky was He won MVP
2: when Griffin was there. Is that right? Look at that. Yeah. Let's do some fact-checking.
1: I, I, it's the worst possible fit, but it's the best possible talent I think on the board that would still be available for yes. for that price. I, I just think that's clearly why you would do it, and you know if you want to bet in, uh, if you want to just bet Group on talent, get
3: your UCLA connections going
1: there. We go. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it sounds like Clippers, but who knows what they're doing? I mean, they're they're all over the place. So maybe he gets sick of waiting. I will say. I want to give one point to Jay Crowder and maybe it's just lack of interest, but if he is kind of saying it, it may be lack of interest. It may be. But if he is just sitting here and saying figure out this stuff, I'll wait until it's over and come back.
3: That's a point.
2: Adam's not having it. I no, tried to no, give let's him a point. Bring Russell, bring Russell Westbrook in. Um,
3: Adrian Griffin. Also, Crowder can also, can also see oh, the heater Um, trying to make a trade for Dean Willard. I might just play over there. Yeah, it could happen. He's kind of a mercenary at this point. And actually has been. Yeah. Whether
2: it's his choice or not. Adrian Griffin was assistant um, for Russell Westbrook's MVP winning season. And in two of the three seasons, Adrian Griffin coached Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook made all first team.
1: So what I'm hearing is Russ needs needs (laughs) Adrian Griffin. There's the pitch.
2: I'm still, I'm kind of talking myself. Also still really struggling with this. So, I mean but the pitch we'll is... We'll see. Well, it's uh, better than. Um, I love Frank Nilakina. The books have to try to be a serious team, and I, yeah. I don't think that's it. don't you go young, no where French? there's room for development. No,
1: no, no, no. But we to Russell Westbrook. Okay, we're talking about Russ and Frank Nilakina. I think we can we can wrap up. Thanks everyone for listening or, or watching to the pod. We'll be back, I'm sure, shortly in, in a couple days with, with more updates on whatever the Bucks do. Uh, sooner if something insane happens, but otherwise, you know, digest this. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Hopefully everyone is safe uh, with their alcohol and lakes and fireworks, etc. cetera. Uh, enjoy free agency, the slop, and the Dame Lillard trade and everything else. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this. Uh, give us five stars, rating and review, uh, follow join the discord the link is at gspn.info as are all of our links i need to add follow the watch gspn ig page on instagram I've been trying to post there some more especially as twitter gets worse and worse and worse so that's at at watch gspn on instagram i'll get that in the link tree as well but thank you again pod random and we will talk to you next time we just said goodbye and now we're back because Before we even got off the Zoom call, Jay Crowder announced coming back to the Bucks on a one-year deal, no salary yet disclosed. And because they have full bird rights, it could be anywhere between the veteran minimum and 40-some million dollars, whatever the max contract is this year. I'm gonna guess it's closer to the former than the latter. Adam hates it. Um, I will. I'm gonna take my mini victory lap, akin to the mini MLE. He waited. He waited for us. We were busy taking care of some business, and Jay was there at the train station every day. I don't know why it's a train station. Waiting, and then we the Bucks were there, and, and he's back. So, you know, a player that I think none of us were excited about, but he is a wing player, can play the four. I will say it's it's worth saying. It was horrible in the playoffs. We didn't like the quote. Looked like a great fit in the regular season. Really looked like a perfect fit and in all of his regular season minutes. Who played horrible in his playoff rotation minutes. So I don't hate giving him a chance at this point. I mean, just having a player you can bring back who is at least a real NBA player, given the quality of the free agents, does make sense. We'll have to see what the number is. But, I mean, really, it's probably just tax money at this point. Um, Adam, just go ahead. I know I know, you've got some things to say.
2: He is a wing player, can also play the four. Is that the most ringing endorsement even you, could
1: most of your time? I'm trying to not... I'm trying to not say anything that gets us on this Zoom for another 20 minutes while you uh, while you well, pick look, apart we can, and, and We can spend a few
2: minutes. Yeah. We can spend a few minutes. We might get the number true. Um, I, I don't like it. No, I don't. I mean, I was on the record quite clearly about how I felt about, one, is playoff play, and then two, is comments, which I just think You don't have the credit banked. I don't know who you think you are to be able to go and come out with those comments. I think uh, like let's now we are officially putting all that behind us. He's back on the team. He's going to be around. For another year. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And particularly if there's anything more being used here. I know that. The bird rights give the books the flexibility to do that where they count with other players. If you're going to try and work anything out, it's we've, we've just had the conversation. It's like you need a guard or you need a big. And this makes me feel like Bobby has to be traded for them to work out the things they need otherwise. Now, I don't like that. I
1: tell did we, did, we did we not feel like he was the player that made most sense to trade anyway, though? I know, but I But what if what if what if, what if you put the things in the other order? It's not we to trade back...
2: Bobby, and then it's.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not. Oh, we bring him back, Jay. So we have to trade Bobby. It's. Oh, we're thinking about trading Bobby. So let's make sure we have yeah, someone well, else to uh, play for.
2: They may have already made made their mind up in that way. Like I, again, I think the thing that the hinges on now is who is the five. Like, what do you get? You need a center. If that's the direction you're going, and Jay Crowder is like your backup four, we that's see you fine number three. You get, you get the good version of him. Ty, <laughs> are you trying to make this more painful than it is? Um, I if you get a good backup center, at least there's some like coherence to what you're doing. But yeah, I this is going to it's going to push you closer to the second apron. Um, it's borderline irrelevant anyway because you're going to only be dealing with that min's. But who knows what you could have opened up or what your options could have been? Maybe if depending on what your deal was for Bobby. And if you were, if that is say something you're going to do, then it's also a question of, okay, well, what could you get back? What are you taking back? There's mm-hmm. maybe part of this that I'll have to reserve judgment on, but on its face, I don't like it. And I mean, even on it's on the face of it, I have never been the biggest Bobby Porter supporter. That's very well documented. And to reach a point where it's another forward that I'm like, oh, they signed sign this guy. And it's gonna lead possibly to Bobby's departure. I'm not crazy about. It. But the thing I would also take from it is we've talked about it and we've talked about it and we've talked about it. the offense let them down in ways they could find an offensive punch from elsewhere. And if you're parting with Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder is going to be stepping into a larger role, that is not going to give you more punch offensively. And I think it creates an even greater onus for you to get a quality guard or someone who's going to create from another position so like i just don't think it's really a good fit in a whole variety of ways given the limitations that are there too it's not if the best version of jay crowder is still out there which honestly i think that is an if because of all the time he spent sitting on the sidelines in phoenix because of his age because he's been a guy who has bounced from team to team found himself a lot of contenders but as a result has played pretty intensely and in intense situations for quite some time I don't I don't know how much is left in there. If the best version of him comes back, there's no doubt that's a really good player, a really useful player. But I think that's an if, and I think in betting on that, it's gonna force the books most likely into making some other decisions that are not ideal or are gonna be difficult or you may not get the kind of the ultimate reward from that you could have got otherwise. So I don't I don't know. I feel it's I don't like it for a whole lot of reasons. I was clear on before free agency opened, but I also think now that it's happened, like it doesn't clarify anything at all. It doesn't make the picture any kind of easier for mapping out what do the books look like in a how do they put a team together that is going to plug in and kind of improve on some of the areas where they very, very prominently fell short last year.
3: I definitely agree with that. I think it I I I'm very just kind of meh like I I, I do think Jay Crowder can be better. Um he sure hope so. he yeah, exactly. Um he didn't play all that much. Obviously we know the situation with Phoenix last year, then we saw how it was with the Bucks and he stayed off injury and all that stuff, and then the playoffs were what they were, and we all were asking the same question that he asked everybody else about, what is his purpose here? Like, it's not, like... I don't know. It's kind of like a catch twenty two where it's like, okay, so you're coming off of all that, and it's kind of like a blah, but like, you do have the positional need. You also, by the way that things ended last year, kind of helped them out to retain them, because it wasn't like people are knocking down the door to get Jay Crowder, because when he did play, it wasn't all that great. And when, if you're not playing, when your season's <laughs> on fire and all that stuff, and you know, like it just kind of was this weird situation. And then you get rid of your coach, where you kind of wipe the slate clean from that perspective. But I don't know. It's I don't know what to feel about it. I I think it's it's going to be a, a situation that truly evolves because. It Puts more pressure on guys like Grayson, Pat, and Bobby to keep showing their v- value and showing their worth to this team. Um, because you know they can't easily be traded. I mean, so Crowder, I guess, if they if it somehow just continues to be just a flame out of a stint in Milwaukee, but I don't know how. I think it's I think at this point it was like it's the the most uh dependable tool that they had left to bring back a free agent of their own and that's what they did and you hope that it turns out to be better
1: yeah I mean we'll see what the dollar amount is I just think it's you know he played 340 minutes in the regular season he shot 43 or some percent from three seven points per game three and a half rebounds or whatever it was he was good thought he defended well he was a vocal defender. He scored within the arc a bit too, and he played 41 playoff minutes that were abysmal and and nothing good about them existed. Um, I, I just think you, you have to hope that the, the 300 more minute sample is more indicative. And if he can be on the team longer and have a more defined role, you know, probably be a little less players vying for rotational minutes too. I guess we'll see. Who knows? Um, but hopefully that can help there as well. Um, and I don't think it means Bobby has to go. I think that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, but it doesn't. You, you can have both. It's not. It's not that much of a crunch positionally. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens next. We're not getting the number yet so far. Um, it does matter a bit. I mean, it doesn't matter a ton. But you know, if it is like a vet min, then that doesn't change the reality of if you do just dump money somewhere, maybe you could bring in a mini MLE guy. I'm going to assume not at this point because it's you know if not in order of value you do kind of do free agents in an order, order of priority and the thing is people try to say oh you can bring in the you know wait to sign crowder do the mini MLE first like it's a hard cap situation you can't go into the second apron if you use the mini MLE so the order doesn't really matter you've got to end up below the 182 million or whatever it is so um it doesn't really you can't do that signing thing that you can do with you just like cap space teams or whatever else so um we'll see I think it's not a bad flyer. The number is important depending on if they even you know, if they're even interested in anyone left who would be at that mini M L E versus Vetmin, who knows? Uh we'll, we'll see what it is. But so that's now what, nine players that will be under nine. contract plus the, the not, two rookies. Plus
3: the two second rounders, plus so eleven.
1: Yeah. A J Green, who don't what, what deal he'll be back on.
3: West, the NASA's. Yeah i'm just i uh, don't don't get just, me just yeah i, I know but i mean like like, like on
2: nine like that that's a nine-man rotation that you can go and play with and could be competitive like yeah. the nine guys you've got there now which is kind of a weird spot to be into where it feels like the, literally all of the players currently under contract are players that you would imagine factoring into very significant time. except except I'm,
1: Livingston. oh no you're sorry that's no i'm it's, talking it's, 11 with the rookies so, you're right you're right sorry
2: uh, yeah and i'm i'm like nine so i'm sparing the rookies like imagining that it's just a standard rookie year they'll play and but whether they're like core rotation players particularly come playoff time i think we'd like to see marjan be that this year so yeah like that that could just in theory be the books nine i think they need a guard even if they're to go that route maybe they do decide to keep bobby if they do I just don't know how well equipped they are to do a whole lot different for Adrian Griffin, um, offensively, defensively. Like obviously, you're you're looking at the same pieces, but somewhat less. All of them older, um. Yeah, I I, I don't know, and I I think forcing it back into that spot where, if Bobby stays, then. You're going to be super limited I I mean, just, in terms of steam. A trade just like, makes
1: too much. I just think it's going to happen. I It just yeah, makes I'm, too much I sense. Agree. I,
2: I agree.
1: Uh, Dwight Powell is off the market. One-year deal back to the Mavs. Oh, no, sorry. Three-year, three t- three year, $12 million dollar deal back to the Mavs. All right. Um, good for Dwight Powell, it, I guess. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, we'll see what Crowder is. I'll put it in the description if it if it breaks after we actually hang up the Zoom this time. But unless there's any more final thoughts here, we have probably 11 at least players that we know will be on the Bucks next year, plus two ways and everything. So we're, we're getting closer. I still it just feels like a, not a balanced roster. I just do. There's clearly need a need for guard. Yeah. You know, if Eric Gordon wants to come play on a, a vet men, that maybe helps. Although I still think he's more of a 2-3 than a 1-2, but... Uh, That would be interesting, but we'll see if if they can find a point guard free agent they like. If it is Russell Westbrook, who I can't believe we were talking about him uh, about 12 minutes ago, pod time, uh, or someone else. I think a trade seems more likely. But again, thank you everyone for listening. Do all the things I told you to do last time, pod random, and we will talk to you next time, which maybe is in 10
3: minutes or maybe is in a couple days or somewhere in between. We'll see.